Jerry Cooney here. You're listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast. Hey guys, Chris Algieri here. You are listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast. We used to do it in the bar, remember? The bar, yeah. I, I did it a few times. Somebody fucking moved up, I said. From the bar to here, bro. What a guy. You know, you know what happens when you jump on with Opie? You get a nice little studio. Yeah. Really get a little up. That's the greatest thing in the world, bro. Boxer, radio host, and now author. What's going on, my friend? Well, you know what? Um, listen, I guess it's my turn. You know, you get to certain age, 62. I guess you they start to look at you. And uh, and so, and, and, I, and I needed to tell a story because I wanted to get it out. And it was very healing for me. And it was a good story in the end. You know, we struggled during life. And like we all do, we have to keep fighting. We have to find our way. We got to keep getting up, dusting off our pants, and moving on into the next situation. And, and that was an experience that I met a couple of guys. And we talked about it for a while. It took about four years to do this. You know what hurts me? You stopped coming on, but now you have something to promote. Now you come on. That's hurts me, Jerry. Hurts listen, me a little bro, bit. I wanted to come on all the time with you, but don't give me that, bro. You're my man. Well, listen, new book. I just finished it. Gentleman Jerry, a contender in the ring, a champion in recovery. I got the advanced copy, so I didn't buy it. I got the free ebook, but I will support you. I will buy it. Jerry, awesome book, man. Why now, though? I know you said you had a story. Why now? You know, I just wanted to get it out. I wanted to let people know that there's a way. And you have to keep fighting. You got to keep moving forward. You got to keep asking the question. You got to keep turning the page and getting on with your life. And this was my time. I've, I, I'm at a place now that I really feel comfortable. I have a, uh, a radio station. I got my own gym. And look, you're calling me to come on your show. How can I be bad? Well, I'm sitting here. I want to know because we have Chris Algieri here, the right. pride of Huntington, both of you guys. Well, the original he, pride. He took it over. He took it over, bro. My <laughs> man. And I had him on promoting his cookbook, The Fighter's Kitchen, which is out book. now. My wife will be using this and it's, making some, it's some incredible. great meals. But you know when uh, I asked Chris, the process that surprised you writing a book, what surprised you the most about writing a book? It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work re- redoing it, doing it over again. I did it with a co-author. So he, I would, we'd sit down for hours and talk and talk and talk, and he'd write stuff out, have to clean it up. He kind of made it sound like a little bit too uh, soft. I wanted I wanted to harden it mm-hmm. a little bit and, and, and make people understand that life is a is a tough. You know, there's a great book I read uh, by Scott Peck called "Life Is Difficult," and once we realize it's difficult, then it becomes less becomes more easy to handle. And so that was the story, and uh, I want people to read it, and it just came along at the right time. You've always been open about your sobriety and your recovery. Was it a little difficult to open up more about your dad and this stuff? Like, cause, you know, it hurt me because I know you. I know what a warrior you are. Like, the part about you hiding in the basement, that, right. that bothered me. Was that tough to revisit some of that stuff? No, but, you know, I want to tell you a story, right? I, I didn't get to tell a story to Opie, but... So, about four years ago, this woman who was helping me out took me down into the basement with that kid and stayed with me for an hour there and let me talk to that kid and tell my kid, it's okay, come on, let's get out of here. And we walked up the steps together. That's a crazy story. That's a very emotional story for me, but that was what I did. And uh, it's, it was a, the most healing thing I have done for myself. I want to get, because we always have fun. We're going to fool around. We're going to make fun of Chris Algieri in a minute, how good he looks. Because you said, I don't know what Chris doing. He's kicking ass in boxing. He's writing books. He's training everybody. But I want to get on two serious things with you. The first serious thing was about me. You were always so kind to me when we met. Always beyond nice to me. And I got to tell you something. I, I texted you this. My dad died unexpectedly a month ago today. And he was wow. such a boxing fanatic. And he, no matter who I had on my show, no matter what I did with the police, he told everyone he met, my son knows Jerry Cooney. Uh-huh. He, and that's all he ever said. Like, he bragged that I knew you. So, one, that was like a great connection that I always have with you. Well, you know, I'm really glad you're saying that to me. And I'm glad he had that nice moment. Because I'm so lucky that I get those moments 
with so many people. Like I'll be out in the crowd someplace and someone say, well, my father. I said, well, can you call him? And they call him, put me on the phone with him. And it's a great feeling for mm -hmm. me. I mean, I yeah. know, you know, it's, I, I dig it. You know what I mean? I have a, a lot of fun with it. I give him a hard time. And at the end, we laugh. And, and then the second serious thing I want to talk about is, again, about fatherhood. My father's dad abused him also. What made you want to break the cycle? Because a lot of times people can't break the cycle. How did you break the cycle? I know you're a great dad. You're beyond loving with your kids. How did you break the cycle? Because my dad made sure he broke the cycle. He never hit us, abused us. How did you make sure, like, I will not fall into that? I, I want to tell you, my whole family has broken the cycle. I think I've done a lot more work on myself to understand what was going on, my mother and my father, my life and my brothers and sisters. And I tried through the years to pass that information on to them. Sometimes they took it, sometimes they didn't. And that I had to find peace. I could not keep having that in the back of my head everywhere I went, every situation I was in. And, you know, it's a funny story, but in my, my father died when I was 17. And all my life, I was attracted to these older men that were mm -hmm. father figures to me, and they always would fall short. And then I realized, got it, that just, listen, we all fall short. And uh, there was one great guy I have down in Florida. His name was Ray Newman. He passed, but he was a great guy to me. And uh, he was a cop, too, in New York City. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so we have to understand that life is fallible. We're not going to... Meet the perfect people. You know, I, I got a great wife. I love my wife. I can't wait to go to bed with her tonight, every night. And I tell her, I'd say that to people. And she laughs. But that's hard work that I did to make this happen, that we do, and stumble and fall and get up and w wipe ourselves off and move on. And so, and I love that about myself with people. I accept people better today. I love people. I understand their frailties. I understand their strengths. And if I can help anybody, I do. Now we're going to have some fun. Chris, you have a mic in front of you. You're a great talker. You're a big boxing commentary. You know what today is? June 11, 2019. you got to be kidding me. 37 years ago, you fought Larry Holmes. Wow. Is that insane? Today? Today. 37 wow. years ago today. That is amazing. I, I didn't even recognize Oh, that. that's an honor. This morning, I'm typing up the notes. You know, I made a one sheet, and I'm like, oh, the date, June 11th. And I'm like, oh, in the book, they mentioned June I 11th. I wasn't sure if it was just a bride date. 37 years ago, you fought Larry Holmes. Let me that's tell you amazing. Every time they mention, you know, like... Uh, June 11th, I think of Abbott and Costello and the guy, Abbott was in the, uh, I mean, Costello was in the prison with that crazy man. <laughs> Slowly I turned, <laughs> step by step. Remember that? I do not. You don't? Chris, do you know oh, it? You, these no. guys we, we just laughed. Abbott and Costello, Cause it, cause it is so he's... funny. He gets locked up, uh, Costello gets locked up and he's in with some crazy man and every time Costello says something that he is like, slowly I turned, the guy would beat, beat <laughs> Costello up and that's what I, I felt like for years but, you know, listen what, a, what an experience. I got a chance to fight for the heavyweight championship of the world against one of the best fighters of all time and did pretty good with him for the most part. Chris, how old were you when you fought for the title? 30. Okay, so you were 30. You were only 25. I found that out in the book. You were a young guy with the weight of the world, and you didn't want it, and I know Holmes didn't want it to be about race, but sadly it turned into that. That's a heavy burden on you at 25 years old, wasn't it? No, because I, I never paid. I was, having such a, I, was, I was on such a ride. I was fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world. I was traveling around the world with my friends, and we were having fun and meeting people and playing and enjoying life. And, and uh, you know, it was, a, it was a dream come true for me, a dream. Did the KKK from where really, I came from? Did the KKK really send you a letter? They did. They did wow. back in the day. And then my, my, my camp started taking my mail. And, okay, okay. And, and reading through it. You know, I mean, you, you know what I did last they night? They were reaching out to the wrong guy. <laughs> Jerry's not involved with that kind of stuff at well, all. I remember I was in, you know, I was in uh, 
Oregon or somewhere. I was, in, I was fighting in Alaska, and I was uh, in Oregon, and there was a KKK building, and all the spawn partners, everybody that was with me, we, they stayed in. Mm-hmm. They didn't go running or anything like that. And, you know, listen, it can be scary. It can be scary. Life is scary, right? Life is scary, for sure. Chris, you have to, you have to buy the book. Don't get a free one like me. But no, the, no, I'm buying it. I'm going to get him a free I just, book. I should just post listen, it about it. Chris me just got me a, gave me a free book. I'm giving him my free book. But I'll tell you that one cool I'm gonna thing. I'm going to buy one anyway. Oh. <laughs> your book does your whole life. It does Save your, your money, pal. You, you know, your childhood, your boxing career, you know, rec- it's everything in there. I was surprised that Muhammad Ali was so prominent in the book. Right. Tell me about it when he called your mom. Because that, that was like one of the highlights. I highlighted that. I'm like, Muhammad Ali called Jerry Cooney's mom. You know, he called her to tell her that your son is going to be okay. And we went to training camp. He came out to Palm Springs with me. He told me that he told the press there, Cooney's not the right, the white hope. He's the right hope. Mm. Really? And then, uh, you know, so I'm 22, and I just get this place in the Hamptons. I'm at a beautiful home in the Hamptons, and I'm at the UN building with him, right? And uh, they're having a boxing convention. I'm sitting right next to him, you know, having a great time. I said, you know, Muhammad, you got to come out to my house in the Hamptons. You know what he said to me? All right, I will. (laughs) Talk to him. (laughs) Right? So I got scared. (laughs) What am I going to do? How am I going to take take care of all these people? I wound up canceling it. (laughs) We could have walked around East Hampton together. Can you believe that? Would you have fought him? Because he was older at that point. And then he was, was a, listen, he was, he, was, he was a hero. You know, so so th- many that would people. have been tough to fight him, right? You know, as he got older, I think he, he, he kind of got a little bit more introverted and mm-hmm. not so f- nice. But I knew him. He was the greatest guy in the world. He, he was a friendly, loved everybody, turned everybody on. I, wa- I watched him walk down the airport one day. He glowed. Jerry, it sounds like you. That's how uh, you. That's how you are now. No, literally, well, Jerry doesn't realize how. No, he does. What, what he does, be. Chris, who were your boxing heroes growing up? Oscar De La Hoya was yeah. big in the mm-hmm. '90s. Uh, Roy Jones Jr. I, I was literally like I couldn't even believe what he, the things he did. And I still can't. Right. Um, we were still a little bit like I was getting the tail end of the Mike Tyson era. Um, but my grandfather was a long boxing like historian, so I grew up learning. Like, Knowing the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. learning like about Alexis Arguello. Like I, like that was one of the first fighters I ever were hearing about. My grandfather Fan- loved. Fantastic him. guy. Loved Alexis Arguello. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was another one that he really liked. So I, I grew up hearing about the stories of, of guys way before my time. So that's kind of my first memories of any kind of sport, any kind of athlete. And I want to tell Chris that never have I ever heard of a kickboxer turning over to boxing and being so successful. It's unbelievable. It's, it's Undefeated world champion kickboxer. I know. Undefeated, Jerry. That was pretty good with those legs. But you make a lot more money in boxing. Though. Oh, yeah. That's right. why he went over. That's exactly why I went over. You know what fascinates me most about boxers? I have a lot of boxers that come on the show. And they're still fans of the sport. And then when I have other athletes on, they don't really watch football anymore or basketball. Yet boxers, for some reason, just like, yeah, I'm still involved. I still love it. W- what is it about boxing? People just... I'll, it, let, I'll let Jerry talk about yeah, that well, first. I, I got I'm, my I'm idea. But. I'm going to tell you a story that all athletes, mm-hmm. when the end is near, you turn away from it. Mm-hmm. You don't want nothing to do with it. You can't believe it. You, you, you think about the negativity all the times you got robbed and screwed and mis- mismanaged and all that stuff. And then it comes a period of time where you got to... Listen, boxing was great for me, and you come alive to it again, and you love it. I mean, I, I got a call 11 years ago to come on to a, do an interview on Sirius XM Radio, mm-hmm. and uh, little did I know, I, when I c- came in to do the interview, the president of Sir- Sirius Radio came in and said, listen, I, I said to him, I said, listen, why don't we do a, a s- when this big fight comes up, I'll bring Larry Holmes in, we'll break down the fight. Mm-hmm. He said, we want you. Can you start Monday? And that was 11 years ago, and it was—it's been a dream, and an experience, and a, a, a learning, uh, you know, for me. But uh, listen, this is how we move, and I love the game. I like to follow the game. 
I understand some of the mistakes I made from the game today and how I listened to the wrong people and did some of the wrong things. And that I see it today, I understand it, but I still want to see the fight take and place. What about you, Chris? Why still? I know you're still active. You're about to fight for the title soon. It better happen. But why, why still the love? You know, I think that's, that's really what it is. What you're saying about the other, other sports and other athletes and how they don't watch their sport. Boxing, in order to do this sport, you have to have some kind of love for it because it's such a brutal business. It's hard. And it, it, it tears us down so much in every way possible. Physical, mental, emotional, financial. It just, it's, it's such a damaging business to be in that if you don't have some love for it, you're not going to be able to get up every morning and do that road work and go to the sparring sessions and fight on fight night. So you've got to have some kind of love in the sport still. Listen, I have uh, three kids. They all can fight. I have a daughter who fights like me. Yeah, you send me those sparring videos of your daughter. My son is a beast. My other son's an MMA guy. I don't want to see him fight. It's a tough life. You're alone. You're People are trying to beat you up all the time. People are trying to rob you. It's just That's when I, when I explain to other athletes, they really don't get that. When you walk into a boxing gym, mm -hmm. it's not high fives and hellos. It's like who you're sizing each other up at all times. It's right. dog eat dog. It's looking out of the corner of your eye. That's every boxing gym in the world. And, and how about, because you guys both grew up in Huntington. Mm -hmm. Was it ever a time, I know, Jerry, I know you were more of the party guy in Huntington. Did guys ever try to fight you, be like, oh, I can size you up? Or were you more of like, oh, shit, Jerry and Chris are here? Or was it more like, I can fuck this dude well, up? I'm not six foot six like Jerry, so <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a very different <laughs> thing for me walking around. I'll tell you a story for me. When you're in a bar, and always, alcohol is, a, is that firecracker, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when it came down to time for when I looked them right in the eye and said, listen, what do you really want to do? They never really want to do anything. Yeah. Never want to fight. No. I mean, I broke up a couple of fights where I almost mm -hmm. got in trouble. But uh, no, never, I never, never, never had a fight in the bar. I want to piggyback off something Opie said, which bothered me. Not trying out for the 76 Olympics. I looked at the roster on it. Sugar Ray Leonard, Leon and Michael Spence, Spinks, Leo Randolph. That's some squad yeah. you could have been on. Yeah, well, you know, listen, it, it happened the way it happened, and that's the way it goes. Hopefully today mm -hmm. I'll be able to meet somebody I can tell them that story. Help them move forward. That's that's how we do it. But you kind of had an Olympic moment. I wrote down. I'm not going to pronounce the name. Nikolai Askanova. You fought him. The Cold War was kind of going on. You fight him, and you was that kind of like your Olympic moment? Because that was like a USA versus Russia thing. Well, you know, I went to Europe. I fought, and I uh, I remember fighting this guy in uh, England someplace, and I hit him with the best left hook I ever threw. I mean, I felt it from my toe to my knee to my hip to my <laughs> shoulder, and I hit him. And he just looked at me. I said, oh, Thanks. shit. <laughs> and, I, and, and, I, and I wound up knocking him out with a body shot. Yeah. So I said, forget the head. He can, this guy could take some shot. He was like Tex Cobb. Tex Cobb never just kept bouncing. Like, it was like a bobblehead. Kept coming back. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I have like, an, the new generation and the older generation here because this is for both of you. Jerry, in the book it said that you had uh, there were rumors about t fighting with Tyson. And I want to ask both of you guys, what fights – never materialized, but could have been fights. I know Jerry Cooney was with Mike Tyson. What other fights you, and then Chris, I want you to hear from you, mm -hmm. which other fights could have materialized that you were gonna ha that never I think, happened? I think Chris does a lot of the opportunity if he wants. It's there for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, uh, you know what? I did everything I, could, I wanted to do. I, 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 in the situation I was in, where I came from, I was just blessed. And I'm grateful for everything that happened to me, the people, the fans I met, my friendships. Uh, my wife. But they never put a fight in front of you? Like, oh, you're going to fight. I know Muhammad Ali and Tyson, but no other fights that were like, you thought were going to happen? No, I, no, because you know what's confusing to me? I don't know why they didn't make a rematch with Holmes. I know. That was a good enough fight to do a rematch. And uh, I learned a lot from him that night, I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Chris, what about you? Any fights that 
you thought were going to happen. You were, eh, hey, we're gonna, you might get a text from your agent or your guy like, hey, you're going to fight blank. You know what's pretty funny is that I've literally fought everyone they've told me to fight. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> when they called, I'm, it's such an easy answer, such an easy call. Um, I've, and I've gotten the, the opportunity to fight like some of the, the oh, really the, toppest, of the, the, the toughest guys in, in, in my era. Um, and I still have more time. You know, so I, I, I think I still have opportunities to fight some of these big name guys that, that are there. But honestly, I, I don't think I've ever missed a single opportunity to fight somebody out there. You know, it's a gr- great question for you, Chris. You know, you fought a tough guy. You jumped in the fight. I was very surprised and happy that you took the fight with Errol Spence. Yeah. And he was a beast. Beast. Is and a beast. Is a beast. He is, is a throwback from the old days. And they're talking about him and Terrence Crawford. Mm-hmm. The big fight. Uh, I can give you my Im- impression of what I think about the fight. What do you think about that fight? So um, I think that originally when the first, they were first talking about this fight, I thought Spence is too big. You know, kind of how I, how I felt when I was in the ring with him. He's just too big. Um, but Crawford now, he's turning into a real welterweight. Like, he's, he's, he's beating these guys. The more time that thing passes, the more Crawford shows how good he really is, the more I'm seeing that gap that I thought that Spence had. Um, it's, 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 it's almost like a 50-50 fight for me right now at this point. Is that right? Yeah. See, me, I think that, uh, you know, Crawford's still a, a junior welterweight. Yeah. And uh, I know he's moving up in weight, and his weight's coming up and all that stuff. He's a tough kid. I think he throws punches a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Errol Spence has an answer for in his yeah. toolbox for all those things. Yeah. The body shots, the getting inside. You know, when p- people are throwing long punches, I, wanna, I, I don't know for what reason – Tyson Fury's fighting Wilder. How does Wilder not get inside the jab and break a rib in the body? <laughs> How do you not get to the body? That's my job. I don't think I've seen Wilder throw a body punch ever. <laughs> no, but I mean, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But anybody that fights... A Wilder, how do you not get inside that big, long arm yeah, yeah. and rip the body apart? Well, let, let's talk current boxing now. First of all, because Jerry's show, Monday and Friday, Friday 6, a, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Sirius XM Radio at the fights. How is the commission doing, first of all? He's doing great. I he's, love Randy Gordon. He just came out with a book as well a couple weeks before The me. Glove Affair. The Glove Affair. Are and you guys having a contest? Who can sell more books? No, he, he's got me doing an autograph signing in some uh, bar here in the city, uh, we all gotta Beautiful get together. We all gotta get together and have pictures with our books. You really have to. I'll go with that. We should do that. We all come out at the same time. Gotta do that. <laughs> so let's talk. Maybe you'll come on my show and talk about your book sometime. You want to do that? Of course. Let's do that. And we'll get a picture. We'll three of us. That'd be the great. Three Stooges. I'll come take the picture. That's what I'll contribute. Anyway, so uh, we're getting around. We're doing some things. I gotta go to Europe for ten days. I'm going to Ireland. I'm going to. I just got back from Canada twice. Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of fun. You where, know? where are you going in Europe? Uh, London, they have a lot of dinners over there. Mm-hmm. They put dinners on, and and, uh, and so I'll be over there being busy doing that. And I got a bunch of other stuff going on, you know, here in Jersey and, and in Long Island as well. The second half of 2019, because you brought up current fights, has potential huge fights. I just want to hear your thoughts quick. But I want both of you guys because yeah, it's true. Joshua and Ruiz, the first one, I was stunned beyond belief, mm-hmm. mad that I didn't even bet anything on Ruiz. Were you guys both shocked at it? And I want I want to hear both of your opinions because you're both. Boxing minds. Um, I th- was surprised, yes, because I'm a huge Joshua fan, but I'm not surprised when you look at the matchup because uh, Andy Ruiz, Andy Ruiz is a very, 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 very good fighter. When they announced his fight and they asked me about him and Jarrell, you know, which is this a tougher fight, I said, yeah. He's not going to sell it like Jarrell with the mouth, but when it comes to being in the ring, he's a very, very dangerous guy because he's got something that a lot of heavyweights don't, and hand speed is it. So he's got hand speed plus his power, um, you know, and he had his Rocky moment. You know, he had that moment where it's like, "This is I'm going to give it my all," and honestly, he got hit with that left hook. He got dropped by Joshua. That could have been the end of the story right there. In the third round, right? Yeah, yeah. he gets up, 
drops Joshua right away. So that 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 right there just shows you that he brought his A game that night. Like like Jerry said when he fought Kenny Norton that night, he wasn't losing that night. He wasn't losing anybody that night. Andy Ruiz was not losing that night. Right. And for me, I thought that Joshua was going to stop him later in the fight, but I knew that Ruiz was going to test him because mm-hmm. Ruiz is a tough kid. He he went. He only lost one fight to Parker. It was a close loss decision. And Parker's a very good. Fighter. Parker's a very good boxer. And so I knew he was going to test Joshua. I didn't think he was going to do it, but he, I, he found out a lot about Joshua. He knocked him out. And can he, can he respond back? He's supposed to fight in the garden here again. That's a lot of pressure he's putting on himself. He's got to do it, though. The, rema- the rematch, now they're saying it, it has to happen mm-hmm. contractually. What happens now? Because I don't know this answer. They're like, oh, we want to fight in England. And Ruiz's like, I don't want to fight there. So How awesome. does that work? It, like they have to fight there wherever it is, or they just have to have a second a rematch? It rematch. Doesn't it, it, it doesn't matter where. Yeah, no. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think Joshua, has, I mean, uh, Ruiz has more. Of the power now, because yeah. he's the champ. Does Joshua just absolutely destroy him now? And now he goes in a completely different. I don't. Th- I don't think so. Really, think this guy may have his number personally. Okay. I think that uh, he got tired when he dropped when he dropped uh, Ruiz and tried to take him out, and he taxed himself out. And then Ruiz is a tough, durable guy who came back and throws twelve combination punches, not yeah. two. Yeah. And uh, Joshua was never prepared for that. A couple of weeks ago, Triple G fought around the corner at the Garden. Now they're saying it has to be Triple G Canelo three. Do you guys want that? I think so. I think it's, uh, it's it, it could be. Uh, I think that maybe when I watch Triple G fight, he looked slower. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He couldn't. He, the guy he fought was not that talented. Yeah, and he got hit last. And time. he got hit. And and, and he, he didn't cut the ring off. You got to cut the ring off when you're fighting these guys. You can't follow them around. And I asked uh, Triple G's trainer, his last trainer, I said, "Listen, you know when he fought Alvarez." He didn't cut the ring off. He just followed him around. He said, well, you know what his trainer said to me? Well, we didn't know he was going to box. I said, well, don't you teach a guy that anyway? <laughs> and so, so anyway, I think that, you know, Triple G's getting on the age. Okay. He's got the skills he's got, and, uh, and uh, Alvarez is just a beast right now. And, Chris, you shook your head no. You're not really into the I'm not. Fight? I'm not super happy about the fight because I know what's going to happen. Canelo's going to win. Um, and it's going to mm-hmm. diminish the first fight, which I, I thought Triple G won. I That's thought Triple G won the first oh. one. I thought the second one could have gone. Either direction. It could have gone. Canelo could have went Triple G, could have went draw. If it was a draw that night, I would have been happy. And First fight, 100% Triple G. And now in the third fight, if Canelo wins, like, oh, Canelo swept him, and yeah. it'll go down like, oh, he beat three times. It's what? already going down history with what happened that kind of Triple G is not, he's not on the level, which, which it pisses me off, but it is, it is what it is. So, I mean, they're going to fight, and well, I, listen, I think Canelo's going to win. And here's a story. Chris had Danny Jacobs, and I told mm-hmm. Danny Jacobs, mm-hmm. if you throw 60, 70 punches around, you don't have to punch hard. No. You can't lose the fight. Mm-hmm. We talked about that when Chris came on. We really thought Danny Jacobs, that'll go away. down. Gave, as, it yeah, away. gave away that fight. Gave it away. We won't look past fights, but Fury fights this weekend, uh, Wilder fights in a few weekends. and then I'll be there at the Fury fight in Vegas. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And then it, they're, uh, they're on a collision course. They're going to yeah. fight. Aaron's going to put it together because Aaron wants that money. D- definitely. Now, that fight happens. fight needs to happen anyway. It, it's, huh? a fi- it's a good fight. It That's a great fight. Oh. Now, w- can it live up to how good the first? Because the first no. one was a great <laughs> fight. It wasn't a great fight. You don't they think so? They didn't throw a thousand punches. I mean, yeah. okay. I mean, Wilder dropped him twice. You know, Fury got up. Uh, I talked to Jack Reese, the referee. He said when he got to five... You know, uh, his eyes came his back. eyes opened up, mm-hmm. and Fury stood up and fought back and hurt I Wilder know. twice in yeah. that round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought Fury won that fight. I did too. Yeah, and two more cur- hopefully current ones. My wife's Filipino, so Manny Pacquiao can walk on water. Mm-hmm. Pacquiao Thurman is that a good fight or is it Pacquiao? I think it is. Oh, do you okay? I do I actually think it is. I think the timing of it's good because Thurman has been so inactive. The guy fights once every eighteen months. Mm-hmm. Um, to be a young undefeated champion, you can't do that at, and be at your best. And Pacquiao, although not as good as he was five years ago, is he's a different guy. And he's fighting his style's different. He still has power. 
He can still pull the trigger. I saw that firsthand in, in Malaysia when he fought Matisse. Um, Matisse is a dangerous puncher. Manny was not afraid of the punches, not afraid to be there and step in and counter, not afraid to pull in and out and be right there. That's a big thing for an older fighter, not be f- afraid of a dangerous puncher. Well, I mean, Marquez knocked him dead. dead. And, and had he didn't knock him dead, uh, Pacquiao would have stopped him the next round. He'd have sure. broken nose. Yep. He was shot. And I, I like the fight, too, but it, it's more dangerous for Pacquiao. Like yeah. he's, Chris said, he hasn't fought, uh, Thurman hasn't fought that much, but he still backs that punch. Yeah. And he did beat Danny Garcia. He beat... He still is 12 years younger than, than Pacquiao. Right. So, but he, he, the, 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 uh, you, know, you fought Pacquiao, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the angles, it's so hard to, yeah. to catch a hold of him. But I always say the hardest part about fighting Manny Pacquiao is preparing for Manny Pacquiao because there's no <laughs> sparring partner. Looks. You can't get sparring partners that look like him because he doesn't do things that you can do. You know, he, There's a couple guys. Roy Jones Jr. was one. Manny Pacquiao is another one. We see Lomachenko now. Those are guys that literally do everything wrong. You can't teach their styles. You can't. You know, you, they make things work that, that, that shouldn't work. Right. So you can't try to emulate those guys. Because they're doing, speed. Yeah, they, they're doing things you can't do. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, speed uh, always kills, as you, you know. Demetrius Andre, I think of... Uh, yeah. Of, uh, who's a delight heavyweight champion who retired undefeated? Uh, Andre Ward. Ward, yep. He just... Take, I, I watched Demetrius he, he Andre... He just took guys apart. Fight a guy up in the, at, the, at, the, uh, at the Hall of Fame. He took all the... Mike Jones, he took all his powers away. Left him. Mike Jones was like <laughs> standing in the middle of the ring naked. Like, what, yeah, nothing what? to do, yeah. Couldn't... couldn't Combat the guy. The significance of, uh, if I pronounce his name right, Usyk coming Usyk. to so good. The significance of him coming to the heavyweight division is, I mean, is that, it, Jerry, it, you, you know, over the years, that's what all cruiserweights do, right? They they, they dominate the cruiserweight division, but because and they move up. because the division is not that strong, I think it's a great a great opportunity for him. He's a, he's a great shaped guy. He comes in. Mm-hmm. We got to see if he can take a lick. If he can if he can yeah. take a lick from them big boys, but I think he's got a lot of stamina, a lot of courage, and guts. I met him over in the Ukraine. I went over to Ukraine with uh, for the WBC convention, and listen, I, I like it. It's a, it's a new, exciting thing we're gonna get a chance to watch. And I'm gonna tell you something. You've had some great questions today. Oh, thank you. I've done my research. Oh no, Mike is good at this. He's yeah. very good. Thank you, Joe. Well, I'm keeping for a few more minutes. Now we have Chris here. Chris, we're talking about all these future fights. Mm-hmm. Future fight for you. Future fight for me. I mean, the, the, unfortunately, right now, the all the champions in the White House are busy fighting mm-hmm. each other, which is a good thing. <laughs> That's a real good thing. It's a good thing. So Ramirez and Hooker are fighting in July. Um, uh, Pro Gray and Josh Taylor. Yeah, that's, yeah, Taylor. Be, that, that's a beast that's of a good fight. Oh, Regis? Wow. Uh, Regis Pro Gray he's, he's coming to my show tomorrow night. Oh, nice. <laughs> so he's, he's busy. You know, these guys are busy. Um, they're fighting a little bit later. When's that, when's that fight? The Regis August, fight? maybe? Or September? Or maybe later, you think? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But, you know, the, so that these guys are busy. Be, that is going to be a great fight, you yeah. know, and I'm going to tell you something. I love Regis Program. I think that the other kid is a little more too talented. I think so too. I think I think we're gonna if 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 Josh can show us things that we haven't seen yet because he only has fourteen or fifteen mm-hmm. fights. If he can show some things that he hasn't shown yet, his style is there to beat Regis. I'm a, and I'm a big fan of both of those yeah. guys. Those, yeah. Both those guys can fight. They got great personality, and uh, I mean those guys are beasts. That's your division now. Yeah, a bunch of young studs but in that way division. Another exciting opportunity maybe for Chris Algieri is Lomachenko. <laughs> you, me- Lomachenko. you mentioned that yeah. during Opie show. Can you explain? Because that just blew my mind that you even mentioned him. Known for being maybe the top two or three best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been on my mind for a while now um, where that I just kind of think of, if I can get, a, you know, if I can win, when I win a world title 140, I think that I can, I can try and push for that Lomachenko fight. Yeah, that happens, it doesn't happen, whatever. But I just, for me, that would be kind of like my, my redemption for my Pacquiao fight. You know, because he's like the new Pacquiao. You mm-hmm. know, he, he is that guy. Yeah. You know, so um, I've got to share the ring with Manny Pacquiao. I went 12 rounds with the man. 
Um, I think that getting in a ring with a guy like Lomachenko, who potentially could be at that level, I think would be a very amazing part of my, my story. So, um, and I think my style can give him fits, especially after watching him and um, um, who was the Puerto Rican kid from t- um, that he fought? Um, Pedraza. 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 And that's, that is Chris Algieri takes on the Errol Spencer, the Manny Pacquiao, the uh, Lomachenko. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Well, when, when I looked at both your records, you had three losses to three legends, and his three losses are to legit legends, Hall of Famers in the business. And it's just, and I asked him, did you enjoy the ride? He's like, my ride's still going on. Like, I have these three losses, but I'm going to avenge them. Yeah, I don't, I, like, I would love to get a Pacquiao rematch. I would move up to 47 for that. Um, you know, Amir Khan, of course, that would be a fantastic fight to get again. And even Spence. I mean, uh, it's not a fight I would actively look out, but if the opportunity was there, I would do it again. You know, money's, I would, money's there. Of money's course it there, is. And, and, and just, you know, the ability to, to, to perform better, you know, and because like, that's, that's another thing. It's like the, with losses, it's, and Jerry, you can probably attest to this too. You know, losses suck, especially when you're used to winning, especially when you're used to being a very competitive person, but it's also how you perform. Like, if you, if you fight your ass off and do really well in a fight, like you did against Larry Holmes, it's it, it it doesn't wear yeah, on your mind it as much. Beat you up so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but if you go out there and you didn't perform the way that you know you could, that that wears on you. But I tell you something. For me, if I was around today, I'd be signed with the Zone, making those millions. Oh, of I dollars. know. I mean, thirty million dollars a pop. I'm, I made ten, and it was like, <laughs> you know, no one ever heard of that before. Mm-hmm. And now it's like Penny Chan, I mean, Mayweather, and and Conor McGregor making hundred. Oh my God. Billion, billion dollars. dollars. I mean, crazy. billion dollar athlete. Incredible. Your Norton fight. I'm gonna give you guys five more minutes. Your Norton fight. That knockout. I made my wife watch it last night because she knows you as cute, cuddly Jerry who gives her a big hug and oh, makes jokes. Brutal. And I'm like, look what. Like, that was scary what you did, Norton and uh, thing. But besides that, because that's been talked about and overanalyzed a million times. Fifty six seconds into the first round. That, that fight, fight scares me to watch. The yeah, fight. I, I was worried at the end because you know they looked at Norton and you went right over like, and Chris mentioned it too, like a gentleman. You ran over there. You guys have such admiration for each other. You know you're going to war in a ring, just one-on-one. But I want to make it a little fun. I was at McSorley's. Whenever I go to McSorley's Ale House, there's a famous picture in there, Jerry Cooney bartending there, and you have a million people around you laughing, you're bartending. Was that that night with the Ken Norton after you won the fight? Or you don't know when that pitch was from? No, that was that was from a bachelor party weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you got to see it, Chris. It's in the bar. It's a huge picture of Jerry Cooney. And, you know, all the small bartenders. I got to go back in and say a little. This guys. is in McSorley's? Yeah, and oh, the bar is packed. And yeah. Jerry's just has like 40 beers. He was, you were bartending. You bartended yeah. at McSorley's. That's my, yeah. one of my favorite pictures. Yeah, yeah. That was a crazy, crazy night. That was a weekend <laughs> bachelor party from Friday, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yeah, he, woke, he woke up a month later after that. <laughs> 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 I was watching the, 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 the <laughs> Jerry's fight with Kenny Norton on the way in here. You know, it's, it's a one round. It's a destruction, yeah. but. Um, the things that Jerry was doing in that 56 seconds was incredible. The body shots that you landed. Yeah. There, was, there was five or six super clean body shots that hurt him. Like, and that's the thing that people don't realize. Even though it was a blowout and it was like, ah, you know, he caught him with a good shot. No, he didn't. That was a beautiful performance and, and a perfect yeah. way to control the man, finish the man. If control the man, hurt the man, finish the man. And, th- and that's great for, for you to say that to me, Chris. And I always try and tell you, sit down a little bit more on those punches. Punch with your hip and your shoulder, mm-hmm. not just the arms. You hurt these guys. They don't want to come in. Well, I got, I got my stoppage last fight. That's right. That's right. right. So I got my, I got my stoppage. Beating. It was a lot of body shots. A lot of body shots. Yeah. Jerry, a few qu- fun questions for you. You've been on the cover of Sports Illustrated three times. Where are they displayed in your house? Are they in my gym? Are they prominently displayed? I, I, I don't even know if they're in my gym. I, I, no. How how are they not this? That's the biggest. If I was ever on the covers, my wife got tired. My wife got tired of Jerry Cooney pictures. <laughs> 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 I, had, I, had my, I had my whole TV room 
you know, all the pictures through my career, great stuff. Frank Sinatra, Bob Hope, one of the best pictures I ever took was Bob Kissing Bob Hope in the ring before we fought. And uh, for, I, I guess, 15, 16 years, she said, they got to go. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> so they all went. Gentleman Jerry Cooney is also a very humble man. So <laughs> I, I, when you asked where I was, I'm, like, I'm sure I didn't even have it anywhere it, crazy. No, I don't have it. Two weeks ago, I was at Teddy Atlas's house. I did a big show at his house. And I'm like, Teddy, I got to say something. You've been around the most legendary boxers. There's that one picture of you. He's like, oh, he's like, my wife's had enough of Teddy Atlas boxing pictures. He took me down to his you know, huge basement. I'll tell you the three p- things that you guys would love. He has an autographed picture from Jack Johnson. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like autographed. Wow. He has around 10 different Muhammad Ali things just on the wall. And you know what he had that was cool? He has Mike Tyson's first ever boxing license. Wow. Like he was like 16 or 15 years old, 13 years old in the cat. He, it was like a museum mm. down there, a memorabilia. But he's like, yeah, my wife wants none of my pictures with all these guys up. So I understand that one. Yeah. You know, you're talking about Mike Tyson. I kind of feel like he was used so much, mm-hmm. used up. I, when when, when, when Customata had him, he fight, had him fighting every two or three weeks because he had to because his who he was. He had to keep, you know, unwinding. And when King got him, they just used him up and they ruined him and all those guys. That's a sad story about the fight game. Unfortunately, that's the fight game. And I hope he's doing well. I heard he's heard, he heard some crazy things about him. I heard he's got a, a podcast with marijuana. He has a podcast called The Hot Box with Mike Tyson. And basically he sits in a room like we are. And he has on, you know, Snoop Dogg or Pierce Morgan. And they, and they just smoke and They talk. hot box it out. And then, you know, it starts off as a normal interview. And later on, that's like, <laughs> so let me tell you. It, yeah. it, it, it fades out after the next. Wow. Third, yeah, Snoop Dogg was just on. Um, is there an audio book for Jerry Cooney? Not yet. I'm working on that audio book for Jerry Cooney. Are you allowed to mention when you mentioned in the hallway about the Netflix and... You know, it, it, it's in the works. And things are working out. Uh, i got a great guy, a, a writer from California who's come here and met with me a lot of times. We have a great director in, in line. We have a great um, actor to play me. You know, it, you throw it on the wall. You know what I mean? Will and there be a spot for Mike Sappho? And even if I just walk in the Mikey, background... listen, I'm just telling you thought about this from when I first started, you're going to be carrying that bucket, bro, into the ring. That's fine. I right. want to be in the ring. If you need Towel somebody shadow boxing in the back, Jim, oh, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be the shadow boxing. I don't want to embarrass the other boxers there. <laughs> Chris told me his favorite movie, all-time best boxing movie. Um, the Heart of They Fall, uh, uh, Marlon Brando, uh, uh, On the Waterfront. On the Waterfront. Um, so many great films. So when when Jack Johnson gave up the title to, to Gentleman Jim, that was a powerful moment in that movie. So there's been a lot of great films. Uh, Rocky, obviously, you know, Rocky was a big film for me when mm-hmm. I was just turning pro at that time. And, and uh, in fact, I remember watching the movie the next morning. I got up and had raw eggs. <laughs> 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 Only lasted one morning. Yeah, yeah, one morning. I, I watched a few of your fights. Chris gave me his answer last time he was on. What's the coolest piece of memorabilia you have? Do you have any of those, like, robes or anything? Do you have anything still left around? Well, yeah, I have, I have robes up in my attic. I'm never gonna, uh, there's a nice robe of me hanging in the boxing hall yeah, of fame. Yeah, that's a beautiful. One. But I have you uh, got your hand up there too, right? Cast, yeah. yeah I have a, a great. I was coming home from the Hamptons, and in Southampton, I was driving down the road. There was a garage sale. Okay. And I got about 30 old photographs of Jack Johnson, just everybody. Mm-hmm. And I have them up in my gym. Which you're not allowed to display in your house. Well, I have, I have a great gym called, uh, it's called Yeti, it's the, it's the building my partner's Dave. And he has a wrestling, jiu-jitsu, training, weight training, and uh, Jerry Cooney Boxing Academy. We've been there for about four months now, five months now. We're having a great time treating, treating the public, training the public. Mm-hmm. And then we have, uh, 
what I want to do is I want to bring in some heavyweights and start training in the mornings, mm. training some, developing some real heavyweights. Coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you right back. I have a lot of cool people. I want one. I called Tracy Morgan last night because <laughs> 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 I, I was one. with him. That's a good one. And he came to my fight night on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that the Rolls Royce, he just walked out of the $2 million Rolls Royce. Yeah. <laughs> and it got some lady smacked it. So I was with an auto body guy. was my friend. He said, you know, you can sue the insurance company mm-hmm. for the value. Because once you get hit, the value goes down. Yeah. You could sue the insurance company. I called him. He said, I'm on it. Tracy Morgan again. I said, Chris, what about yours? I don't know if you told me yours last time. Uh, I don't think you knew really. T- I got a couple good ones. Give me um, a couple good ones. Because I, 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 I'm always fascinated Randy, with that. Question. Randy Couture. That's a wow. Randy, that's if you tag him, he would t- that's a real yeah, good answer. Randy, Randy's, uh, Randy's the man from uh, a friend of mine. I said a book too, um, and I see him at the fights that are in Vegas. That's a really good answer. Randy, Randy's a good okay. one. Um, uh, Freddie, Freddie Roach. Oh, dude, those are those are two solid answers. Roy Jones, Roy Jones. Roy Jones. I got Roy Jones on my phone. Wild when you met him because he was Roy Jones. Yeah, yeah. Such I was I was so geek. So actually, the first time I met him was a press conference for my Pacquiao fight. And he was there because he was coaching Jesse Vargas. So I got right up in a mic, and there's no shot. I'm not mentioning <laughs> <laughs> not mentioning Roy Jones Jr. being there. So he said something about, like, um, he's not the man anymore. And, like, his man is, you know, I got there. I was like, I'm like, Roy, you're always going to be the man. Please, let's, let's, let's That's be cool. honest, you know. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we clapped and laughed. But, uh, yeah, Roy, that was, that's cool. Roy, he's, kind of, he's kind of aloof. Until you get to know him. Yeah, he's super nice in person. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with what Jerry said. Like, like being around, it's like, oh, it's Roy Jones. Like, you know, but, but he's the, done a lot. He's done a lot of things. Just, you can just, he's the very, very cool down He still guy. has one of the coolest houses ever on Cribs. He has that huge uh, ba- full-court basketball thing in his house. Jerry, I want to finish up with this. One cool story with you and Frank Sinatra. Two Italians, I want to hear. Because in your book, he was, you were hanging out with Sinatra. I want to hear well, a good Well, you know story. Frank Sinatra used to perform all the time in Vegas. And he had this famous bouncer. I forget what the guy's name was. He was a heavyset guy. And uh, we had a nice conversation. We talked. Uh, I th- forget who was on uh, performing before he goes on. We were in the backstage talking with him. And we had a nice conversation. And he came to a training camp from, with me in Palm Springs. And then I met him again in Vegas. We hung out. And he told his guy, what was the fa- I can't remember the famous bouncer he had. He said, do me a favor. Put 500 on Cooney. Frank Sinatra did. That's he wild. was a great guy. I heard so many stories about him. What a great guy! How great he was to people. And he, you remember, he built a uh, um, he built a, 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 a helicopter uh, platform for Kennedy. And then his old man, Kennedy's old man, says, "You can't hang around with that guy." And he <laughs> went and ripped it down, ripped, it, knocked it right down. So many great stories about that guy. I mean, he was a very, very helpful guy. And I love he says Frank Sinatra helpful. I'd be blown yeah. away like yeah. hanging out with Sinatra. And he's right. a huge boxing fan. He's a huge yeah, boxing fan. Yeah. All right, give the plug, Chris, for your Twitter, Instagram, the book. Give everything now. Yeah, just my name, Chris Algieri, A-L-G-I-E-R-I. Um, you follow me on, on Instagram. Also, the book is The Fighter's Kitchen, available now on Barnes & Nobles and on Amazon. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Get that book. Well, learn speak, how to, speaking learn of how books, to Jerry, I want to give, give the plug for the show, 6 to 8, Sirius XM, Monday and Friday at the fights with the commissioner, Randy Gordon. Channel 156. Mm-hmm. Great show. We've been doing it for about 11 years now. My book is coming out in about a week. Uh, Gentleman Jerry, a contender in the ring and a champion in recovery. And a lot of great things going on in our lives. Boxing is great mm-hmm. now. Get back. I tell people all the time, put on your, on your, on your computer page, Max Boxing, uh, Boxing Scene. You know, ESPN boxing and follow the stories. Yeah. They got great stories. 
There's tons of Rocky stories it's, everywhere. It's in a good place right now, boxing. It's it is, really but people have got fell away from it during the King era because mm-hmm. it was so raped and robbed. I felt. And now they're not coming back. They don't. They don't follow it anymore. And we got to get back them, get them back on. Let me ask you one thing for a casual fans who still watch it, because they want to watch the big fight. What ESPN and all these other stations are doing, putting them on regular TV. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a good thing because they're telling you the fight. They're telling you about the story of this kid who's maybe fourteen and zero. Now you're like, oh, you're kind of invested in him. Now in a year or two, when he fights pay per view, you're going to want to buy it. So I think having it on regular TV, free TV, is so awesome. Like Jerry said, there's so many Rocky stories out there now. We all have stories. Every fighter is, is it's a hard road, it's a long road, it's a it's a lonely road. Um, you know, and I think that telling these stories and the more you know about the fighters, you have that connection with them, and I think that helps with the fan base and helps them actually feel what's going on when they're fighting. When you know somebody, it's different. And if you know something about somebody, mm-hmm. it's different when you watch them fight. So, well, you know, and also, you know. Uh, Al Heyman came out with PBC and shocked the world. I know never been done before. And then the Zone came out mm-hmm. and shocked the world Eddie again. Hearn, Eddie Hearn, Matchroom Boxing. And then Bob Arum came out with with four ninety five for ESPN, ESPN Plus for the app. They're killing it. And they're killing it. And they're putting on sixty five, seventy fights a year. And so boxing is visible again. And uh, we have to get the people the the. the, the Boxing fans that just kind of broke away were disappointed back on again. And, and I think we're going to do that. We, we're, we're promoting the game right here. Mm-hmm. I'm promoting the game every Monday, every Friday, John 156 on Sirius XM. I'm, so I'm coming on soon, Jerry. You, I'm, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing you on for the book. Yeah, we're going to do we're gonna all, all three right? of us with the books. When do you want to do that? This Monday? Next Monday coming up? We're going to do We're going to set that up. You set, let me know. I, I want to come, come watch it. I love watching on that show. show, too. I don't want to come on. I like to watch it. All right, guys, I can't thank you enough. This was super cool, Chris. I'm so glad you hung around because... Yeah. Watching you win, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I, I I just flew out to Asia, and I swear on anything in the world, my I had a 14-hour flight. My layover was in Abu Dhabi. I land. The first thing I did was to see if you won because I, <laughs> I I flew out Saturday night. Yeah. And then I went on Twitter. Everyone's like, Chris, I, and it, it it's weird. Like Jerry said, when you know somebody, mm-hmm. so I'm like, oh, I love boxing. I love UFC. Well, I don't like UFC, but I have UFC guys on. Yeah. Then when they fight, you get fully invested. Mm-hmm. Like Aljamain Sterling com- came on a couple yeah, times. Great, great fight. And I'm watching him fight, and like you have like a knot in your stomach. I'm know. like, shit, I know these guys. Watching Why are they your fighting friends them? fight is the toughest thing in the weird, world. It's yeah. weird, And then, like, if they lose, like, 99% of the people that hung around, uh, they're not there anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a shitty thing. But listen, you guys coming on, Prides of Huntington. Chris, I want to keep see you win a title, because then if you win another title, the real title, then you have a lot more listeners for me. Jerry, if you can get back <laughs> in the ring, ring, win the title for me, it'll be kind of helpful. I want to get all your listeners to the triple and double. I'm going to fight you, bro. No <laughs> guns. You keep saying, no, <laughs> I'm not going to fight you, and I'm not going to fight you with a gun anyway. Jerry Cooney, Chris Algieri, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you Thanks for having us. Thank you. Listen, we love you, bro. I love you, too. You're doing great stuff. Thank you.